everyone. Welcome to Way of Life podcast, where we firmly believe that everyone picks a way in life and what way you pick is extremely important and directly affects how you live. In this podcast, we seek to interview people from all around Australia and beyond on life's most important topics. Whether you're a Christian, a skeptic, or someone with a whole heap of questions, this podcast is for you. My name is Matt, a pastor living in Brisbane, Australia. This is Way of Life Podcast. Well, g'day fam. Hello there, Matt. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. How's it going, fam? Sorry? Good. That's good. Good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be good. I'm just going to turn my chair. Is that all right if I turn my chair? Yeah, you go yeah, for it, mate. Good. Have fun. And roll. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. This no, is great. Thank you for coming in, Aaron. Um, I wanted to kind of start off the podcast with seeing how you're going. And um, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself for those yeah. who are here or live streaming in or watching it for future dates? Um, what you do, what occupies your time? Oof, big question. So, um, I'm, my name's Aaron. Uh, I am 34, I think, and I'm married to a wonderful wife. Her name's Nikki, and she is much smarter than me. She <laughs> teaches maths and statistics at, oh, wow. in the School of Biomedical Science at Griffith University. Um, right. So, yeah, so she's the smart one. <laughs> I have a son, his name is Ezra. And he is eight next month, exactly. No, what's today is the 21st. So yeah, in a month, he's yeah. eight. Um, and we really, we kind of, we, we share a bunch of things that we like, but majority of the time we, we prefer creation um, in as far as we, we have so many plants. Um, so- <laughs> Do you have any of these plants? No. No? So behind me is um, a birds of paradise and I really don't like them. <laughs> really don't. Um, we made a joke earlier, and it's between two birds. Yes. So this is Matt between, two, between two birds. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, we have we have between 150 and 250 indoor plants. I say that because Nikki said that she's killed some deliberately. Um, she doesn't know how many. You, do um, we need like an intervention here? Do you have a problem, Aaron? Or, no? no, no, she doesn't. No, I don't either. Um, but yeah, so if you've ever had them, they have pests uh, and that's not cool because there's a lot of work involved. Right. Uh, yeah, and we, uh, I have a whole lot of plants outside um, of all different varieties. Um, and yeah, Ezra, Ezra loves Nintendo. So is that creation? In some ways it is because yeah. God created the person that gave the creativity to and in turn, yeah, come on, N64, come yeah, on. Mate. Who, who used N64 in the, in, in the audience? <laughs> come on, come on. If, if Nintendo do the right thing, we'll have 007 on the Switch oh, very yeah. soon. Heck yeah. Uh, how good would that be? Uh, well, <laughs> We digress. Yeah, we do. I love all your so, plant so, so, commentary yeah. here. It's great. Yeah, it's good. So yeah. what I do is a great question. So I have a lot of different different things I do. Um, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I'm a husband first. I'm a dad. Um, sorry, let's start again. Um, I'm a disciple of Jesus first. I've followed Jesus since 2000. So yeah, this is buddy. my 21st anniversary um, this year. Um, and I'm at Helensvale, uh, Cross Life Helensvale, uh, which... I just fellowship there. Uh, I've been a part of that church since then, so 21 years yeah. at HBC, and then it became Cross Life. Um, I work, so I've done a whole bunch of stuff with youth and young adults. This is my 16th year in youth ministry. Wow. Um, yep, and so at the moment, I'm the ministry team leader f uh, of youth and young adults yeah. uh, with Queensland Baptists. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a very full job. Especially when it's only three and a half days a week. Particularly when you've got to deal with someone like me all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. But you are the best, I reckon. Oh, like thanks, you're, you're up there. You, you're very close <laughs> to the top. Oh, great. Yeah, you're not close to the bottom at all. No, that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> no, I, I love all, I love all the pastors. making me blush, Aaron. Yeah, I, I love all the guys that are um, so gender inclusive. I, I love all the, the team. Um, <laughs> I love all the team that... Um, uh, they call Queensland Baptist yeah. home, especially the youth and young adult guys. Um, yeah. Deeply love them. 
I, I've been where they've been. Yeah. I've suffered the same sort of things and I love to coach and mentor and encourage them to continue going. And yeah, I, I think really that's cool. part of my calling is um, to really to encourage and equip yeah. um, and, and, and refresh as much yeah. as I can in the yeah, small sure. amount of time. That's so, why I buy you burgers. Yes, he buys me burgers each time we hang out, which yep. is- I'm not last I week. I appreciate that. No, oh, he got me some, anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, speaking on like, you wanna put input into other people and sure. uh, let's get to the topic at hand, spiritual disciplines. I, so when I've been chatting with you, Aaron, <laughs> that's come up quite a number of times, kind of your passion for that side of things. Um, so I, I was curious, like where did that, come from? Where's that passion come from? Yeah. Well, I, I said this one thing when I was a very like early Christian. So typical teenager knows everything, got it all together. So grade 11, um, I had this idea that um, I don't need to read my Bible because God will give me all the knowledge. And then I was like, I was pulled up one day by someone and I was like, nah, you're wrong. You have to be wrong. And so it's been a, it, it's been a good, you know, 15 year journey. And in 20, um, 2015, so the last five years, I've really pushed into this. Um, uh, I'm part of a network um, that we wanna see discipleship culture created across Australia. Um, and uh, one of the things that we've pushed on is character. And uh, that really started to tweak some things in my own, um, my own life. Mm. So when we start looking, when I started looking at my character as a leader, what are the rhythms that I need to put in place. Yeah. Um, and so that pushed me more and more into the spiritual disciplines space. Yeah. Makes sense. To go, okay, I need to sit with Jesus to focus on him in new ways that actually fit me. Mm. Because as growing up, I was consistently told, just read more, read yeah. the Bible more yeah, and yeah, pray yeah. more. And there's nothing wrong with that, but mm. I'm a hands-on type of person. And it's the gardening. It's bit, yeah, it's right. The garden yeah. stuff. Um, it's the, it became mundane, I think. And so just being able to explore what that looks like, what spiritual yeah. disciplines were. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, before we kind of get into the thick of it, um, I kind of, I wanted to hear your thoughts on a couple of things that kind of I've even noticed in the past, even 10 or so years that have gained traction. I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on it a little bit. Um, but there's kind of seems to be this, uh, and I'm going to be relying mostly on you on this one, but there seems to be this uh, a mindfulness movement that's kind of taken place. And what I've, and, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I know like some Christians uh, are like me when they run into that kind of stuff. I'm not sure what to do with it. Um, some of it you kind of like, wow, that sounds awfully close um, yeah. to, to what I already do or like, um, but, and then some of it you're like, I'm not too kind of sure. So wondered if maybe you could speak a little bit into that. Uh, into mindfulness um, and then how that could kind of versus spiritual disciplines in yeah, a way. Yeah, cool. Yep. Um, so we've chosen to use, well, I've chosen to use spiritual disciplines in my language um, because it just reminds me that it's stuff that I need to do. Um, I could easily say practices, um, but I've chosen to use spiritual disciplines because it forces me to think that's something I have to do because it has to be a reason. Mm. Uh, and and that reason for the spiritual discipline for the Christian for me is to get my eyes focused on Jesus. Yeah. Now the, the issue that can come up with the mindfulness stuff, the mindfulness movement stuff, it's all about me. It becomes more centered on me as a person. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, it, mindfulness can be a technique where we center on ourselves in the moment and mm. to take those deep breaths. Uh, and it's all about me and how I'm thinking, how's my mental health, where's, where am I at? Yeah. And that's an okay thing. And that's actually overlaps with some of the spiritual disciplines. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds it, that, like I was saying, it kind of sounds halfway there. Like yeah. it sounds that that would actually be really helpful, but it kind of doesn't go the full way almost. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And, and I think I struggle with this idea that I can go and find the answer in myself who is asking the question. Mm. And I find that a little bit interesting. How can I actually know something that I don't know if I stop and think about it like deeper. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that kind of forces me to go, I need to get my eyes on the source who actually knows the solution, yep. even if it isn't really quick solution. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, that's the difference I, I see in my, how mindfulness and spiritual, spiritual disciplines kind of overlap is spiritual, spiritual disciplines are focusing 
Yes, so that's same word as you'd use in the movement stuff. The, yeah. Uh, but then it would be I'm focusing on myself. That's the um, – Yeah, yeah. Or I choose to focus on Jesus who created, who sustains and actually knows how I operate yeah. and the situation that I find myself and he wants to speak into that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's how I see the difference. Yeah, yeah. One's about looking inside for something that might not be there and the other's going to the, s- the source of – yeah. Knowledge. Yeah, yeah. One. Yep. No, that's really good. Um, secondly, so there's mindfulness, but then there's kind of been this common theme I've seen in the decline of kind of the, like at least within church uh, culture um, in general, I'm not talking about here specifically, but I've kind of seen this decline in kind of the, in, the importance of spiritual disciplines where, um, where at one point it was like, it was what you did in the morning. You just, you got up early, you had your silent time with God and you read your Bible and you prayed and, and so on and so forth. And that was just what you did. You got up at some ridiculous time in the morning you found your like cupboard space or whatever they used to call it, like your quiet spot. But now, and it was regularly kind of talked about, but then kind of what I've seen is this kind of, it's, I've, I've probably heard maybe one person say it exactly like this. I wrote it down, but there's been a bunch of people um, over the time that I've been kind of doing all this uh, theology and so forth and church life is that some people, they say like, oh, I actually don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to pray. I don't need to do these things because God's with me. Like, and there's an element of truth to it. God is with you. Like he's in there um, guiding you as you go along in your day. But it's kind of like, oh, well, I don't need, don't need those things anymore. And it's it's a bit like tradition. It's like sure. this postmodern culture is like we need to push anything that was old, traditional boundaries, anything, and I can just kind of do what I want in, in a sense. But I kind of wanted uh, to see if you had anything to say on that kind of topic and I'll give you free reign here. Um, but like wh- where does that where does that come from? Do you agree with it? Like where do you sit on that? Wow. Like I said, I, I, when I was an early Christian, I was full of myself and I thought that I didn't need to read the Bible because I knew everything because God was with me. And I, I challenged that idea quickly. Like the word that came to mind as you're saying that was paraclete. And a paraclete is a mediator. So when Jesus um, went to the right hand of the Father, um, they sent the, para- the paraclete came to the church. And not a parakeet. Not a parakeet, yeah. no. Um, so a mediator, the Holy Spirit, yeah. Holy Ghost. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> to be that uh, the person between us and God. Yeah. And there's something in that. It's like, okay, so he's with me. So why don't I actually talk to him? And then just realizing that you need to actually talk yeah. um, to the paraclete as the, or the mediator. Yeah. And so that's the, um, kind of, for those that are like, I don't need to, it's like, well, you actually need to talk yeah. to God. Yes. He knows everything. So what's the point? The point is he wants a relationship with you yeah. and that's not go over there and they're there. It's, I want a personal deep relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only way to have that is to have a conversation. So you're right in the last 10 years has, um, have spiritual disciplines become, uh, not needed, I suppose, is the question yeah. from, from young people. Uh, I think you're right. I, I, I don't, no, I think you're half right. I think the problem is they were never handed down properly or sufficiently. Mm. Um, I, and I think that's because the culture's more around um, come to an event or come to church yeah. and get your fill and go and yeah. might go to small group. Consumerism. Yeah, con- yeah that, that yeah. sort of, I wouldn't go as far as consumerism, but it's just become, that's, these are the things oh, that gosh. I have space for really. Yeah, sure. I only have time to go to church on Sunday between data and data. Yeah. And I only have space on Wednesday night between data and data to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what's happened was in, in the midst of busy, the people that had it all had no time to pass it on to those that had nothing. Uh, and we're talking off before, we're talking about leaders being conspicuous and inconspicuous. Leaders have no, um, no way of avoiding being seen. If you're a leader, if you're leading, a, if you're discipling someone, if you're leading a group or whatever, um, let's just put pick on the discipler. If you're a discipler, people are watching you to go, how do I do that? Hmm. And uh, for, for a long time, I, I think, and a lot of others would, would say this as well, um, 
that, that we've put so much effort on getting the thing to happen that we haven't had time to spend time with the people that matter mm. and, to inc- and to educate them. Yeah. Um, I, like inviting people into one's house and seeing how they fight with their spouse that's that that already like I've just gone to the hardest thing ever. Um, like inviting someone into your house and going, this is how a Christian household operates. Mm. Um, and it you, that's probably way down the track. But earlier on, it's like, hey man, can we just go read the Bible together at the cafe? You're showing them how to read the Bible. Yeah. You help. You're you're showing them that they can do Christian things yeah. in a secular space. You're showing that. Yeah. You're being the example which yeah. people want to see. And so when it comes to spiritual disciplines. How do you show someone how to be silent in solitude? Because if you're solitude, you're on your own. So how can you show that? You're not p- posting it on Instagram, hashtag blessed, you know. <laughs> hashtag creation, <laughs> hashtag blessed. Uh, you're going, you, you, you can't take someone to do solitude, but you can, you can go with them and separate. Yeah. Go over there, you go down that side of the beach, you go down that or wherever, and or rock faces like you. Um, <laughs> go down to the rock and I'll go to the river. Um, and we're just going to spend time with our, with our Bible yeah. because we believe that if we go to the Bible, we can find wisdom. Yeah. And we're just going to sit there and talk to God. Mm. And, you know, you don't have to take their hand and show them. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's an issue of being passed down. Now, I, it hadn't been passed down to me. Like I said, 2005-ish, 2004, 2005, I was told, just go read the Bible more, go pray more. Yeah. It wasn't until um, in, in the last five years, especially last year, um, when I started to really get into this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was reading um, Haley Barton's book, Sacred Rhythms. Um, it's a banger. Um, and that one, um, she gives some very clear things that you can do. She speaks, she talks from a, um, fr- from a perspective that I wouldn't usually read or listen to, which has been really helpful for me because it's gone, oh, I can do that and that's okay. Yeah. And she introduced me to, um, to all sorts of different things. Um, and and well, we're going to talk about Lectio Divina a little bit later, but she introduced a different layer to just reading scripture and mm. praying. Yeah. Um, and that, that I never had that shown to me. Uh, I never had, I was, I was like, I really like praying to God yeah. and I like going walking. So I just kind of fused them and I was like, am I allowed to do that? And then I found out later that I was, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the right thing all of a sudden that I'm doing my exercise. I'm doing my mental health p- yeah, piece yeah, yeah. and I'm praying yeah. and I'm hearing from God. Awesome. So there's a bit of a lack of discipleship really. In, yeah, in I, many ways, or having an example to kind of go off. Yeah, so, so kind like, of left. I think lack of transparency wondering. within our discipleship. Yeah, sure. Lack of accountability in our discipleship might yeah. be. Yeah, because like we all have different ideas of what discipleship is. Mm-hmm. Whether that's just reading the Bible together, or you know, um, is is does discipleship happen before or after conversion? Yeah. Um, I would suggest this is my position. Um, I would suggest that discipleship starts way before they make a decision to follow Christ. Sure. Um, because that's me doing my my mission to that person yeah. in hope. Yeah, yeah. That they will come to faith. Big journey. Um, yeah, and so yeah. discipleship is in my in my I, I believe that discipleship is a life thing, and we live in a culture where it's like I want it now, mm-hmm. and I should have it now. Yeah. No one wants to do the whole journey. Yeah. No, that's too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think at all though that part of it is, I know for myself growing up in, in church and kind of having that model of like that's when you do it. You do it in the morning. You pray. You read your Bible, that kind of thing. Do you think as kind of well-meaning as that was that maybe that fell short a little bit because it didn't actually kind of give you a, a broader strokes type of thing of like, oh, I can actually go read somewhere else or I, can, I don't know how to read the Bible that well or like there wasn't a, enough kind of input. Do you think that kind of comes into it at all? Yeah, so this, so <laughs> a bit personal here. Um, I actually really don't like the idea of waking up in the morning and giving that first bit to, to God. Yeah, right. um, and that's a little bit controversial if you're like if you're a first fruits type person who's thinking you know they give the best and the first portion. I was reading a book I'm by not my Mike best Green in the morning. Yeah, neither. I need coffee. It's, it's like you want to give God your best. Don't <laughs> don't give him now. Yeah, like yeah. this is not good. Give me a coffee uh, and then I'm yeah. I'm my best. Come on, yeah. And so I was reading a book by Mike Breen. You should all read it. It's called Building a Discipling Culture. It's a good book. Um, and uh, the first chapter. It's all about transparency and accountability and it's talking about your character, specifically how to disciple you. And the first line that made me close the book straight away and I was talking to um, uh, the guy who's, 
who was huddling um, the, Hel- the, sorry, the, the Australian team. And uh, I read it and it said, you must wake up at 6 a.m. and read your Bible and pray every morning. And I was like, yeah, nah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> There's no chance. There was no chance for me to do that. And, I, and the reason I say that is I know how I am created. I know how I am wired because I took the time to f- work out how I am wired. Mm. Um, and it's not because I'm a coffee addict. Um, it's, it's because when, I'm, when I wake up in the morning, I'm th- straight away thinking about what stress is gonna come my way or what I need to do next. Like as soon as I wake up, there's always stuff to do. So as a parent, my first duty, parent and a husband, my first duty is to my family. That is what I have to do. So what do I need to do for them? And then a little bit later on, um, when everyone's where they need to be, then I'm more focused, alert, ready to hear from God. Mm. And that's when I go and do my Lectio Divina. Um, and so- What's that, sorry? Divine reading. Yeah. So, so scripture reading. Um, and so- what, when I was just told, go and read your Bible and pray, I'm like, and then being told to do it in the morning when I first wake up. Now, for those that do it, so good. Well done. Uh, but everyone is different. Yeah. And, God, you know, just in this, like Jesus says, my yoke is light. He doesn't say da 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 he says, my yoke's light. So why are we throwing extra weight on people, sure. especially in a culture that has no time anyway? Uh, and so it's, it's more pushing into that. How, how am I wired? So that's a question for you is how am I wired? How does it work? Because I'm supposed to be here to focus on Jesus, hmm. not just to tick a box yeah, yeah. to get the thing done. Yeah. It's, so there's incredible importance in doing these disciplines, definitely. but you've kind of got to know who you are and your schedule. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in kind of in line with that, in terms of this, we live in such a distracted, busy culture. Um, what was we, that? We live in such a distracted and busy oh, culture. Sorry, I missed that. I was thinking no, you're something right. else. Um, and basically there's so many different things and you touched on it even like just as, as a parent and, and a husband and doing all these, like a, having a job and then doing everything else that you do, for instance. Um, there's, there's good and bad things that tend to take our time. Um, some things uh, waste time for the most part, like you've got your social medias, you've got your, your Netflix and things like that. And there's constant reminders coming up. And I know I'm talking to myself here, but like there's constant reminders coming up on my phone and all this kind of stuff. There's so many things that are trying to suck our time. Um, so I guess I wanted to get into some of the disciplines, but with that kind of framework that you're just talking about then is how do you even go about trying to work out what kind of person you are if you're so distracted and busy all the time and like how, how do you keep how do you go forward with these disciplines anyway yeah sure uh, before we even get to the knowing self or the disciplines mm. um, there's one discipline that i think i think a lot of us struggle with and that is managing self um i think we all struggle with uh keeping a calendar keeping a to-do list uh, just, just and, and for some of us, you know, we already have a calendar because work starts between nine and finishes at five and I've got to commute between here and here. Um, but it's being really diligent, being good stewards of our time mm. and knowing, knowing where I have space, where I have time. Yeah. I, I hear a lot like, I don't have time for that. I've got no time, I've got no time. And the question back is, well, what do you do at this time and this time? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm watching Netflix. What okay, so so at eight o'clock till eleven o'clock when you go to bed, all you're doing is watching Netflix, and you're telling me you don't have time. Um, that's a that's a lot of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's being able to go. Okay, I actually do have time, and time is important. Mm. I need to find space to give myself time with Jesus or time with friends or time with family or time with, with sport, time with uh, health. Yeah. It's working out what are the, I kind of think of the, what, are, what are the big eight, the big eight things in, in my day or yeah. my life. Sure. Um, and you could do this, you could do this at home, just draw a circle if you're 
can do that. But if you just make a circle <laughs> on, um, like word, on, on using Word or something and just put eight, eight points on it and then categorize all the things, you know, you might find family, you might find dating, you might find spouse, you might find out at a, and you'll see if you map them between zero and 10, you'll find where all your time's laying. Like it might turn out that you've got no time um, for your physical health. Oh, okay, then, okay, you might need to do something about that. Yeah. So it's all about self-management and productivity so that you have time to know self, sure. so that you have time to work out what spiritual discipline actually works for you. Um, and, and so that's, you know, the, we started the Spiritual Disciplines Project last year and I've gotten to spoke to speak to 12, um, 12 people so far um, across around the world. Mm. Uh, and we've just, um, just thrown out just different things that they do because I believe that everyone's different. Everyone's mm. created different. Uh, and so if everyone's created different, you're telling me that just reading my Bible and praying, it's not gonna work because I'm different, right? And so the whole idea is if you make time to work out how you connect with Jesus, mm. Uh, and you start to make time, when you go to those times of, I'm just going to Sabbath today, I'm going to do nothing, or I'm going to go read my Bible. I know that this is the way I read my Bible. I yeah. read it using this method because this method works for me. Yeah. But that might only be for a time. So you have to be, uh, your relationship with God is consistently dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and so making sure that you're ready to change and be, and be fluid with the way that he wants to speak to you. So for, for something that happened when I, at the start of last year is might not be good for this year. Um, you know, things that happen we're doing, you know, you could have been doing five years might actually not be helpful. And if they become mundane, you start worrying more about the thing. And if, if you're more, more frustrated by doing it, mm. what's the point? Yeah. You're meeting with Jesus. Like you're not meeting with a person you don't like. <laughs> you're meeting with the person who, who died Yep. who rose again, yeah, it's good. Who, who showed how to live and then sent his Holy Spirit to hang out with us. And for everyone who believes in him is saved. Like you're not, you're not just hanging out with old mate down the road. <laughs> that you, you borrowed your hammer, his hammer off you. Like, like you're not hanging out with any random. You're hanging out with the yeah. God of all. Yeah. Uh, and so it's making sure that those things don't become mundane. Yeah. Um, what comes to mind is being proactive not reactive in That's life. I, I feel like I've been learning a little bit about that recently is this idea of um, rather than just reacting to everything and take, letting that take your time, you can just reacting to uh, different, uh, literally to notifications and things like that or reacting about where you're going in life and what you're doing with your day and you kind of just end up like, where, what just happened? Like where was I just for a full day or even a week rather than actually kind of like you say being making priorities and then putting that almost into your schedule and and being proactive it's just okay this is important and it needs time um is that do you reckon that's pretty good spot on man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so what what are you, so how, how do you judge whether or not something is um is to be done so you talk about proactive mm. versus reactive how, how are you going in that journey what does it look like now so the way I understand what you just said then is it's, it's a new thing um, or it's a current thing for yeah, you. Sure. How are you. How are you wrestling with that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, tables have turned. No, <laughs> no, I, um, so I've, I feel like I've used my time quite often towards good things but not been proactive about it and I've kind of just got swept up. So it's been a journey even for me and some people will know that here but it's kind of, uh, reacting and not a big thing is being letting my yeses inform my noes and my noes inform my yeses and working out what actually is important and having vision towards that like uh, does it I know it's really really simple but does this actually glorify God does this actually go towards what I'm uh, doing right now say for instance at this church um, does this actually like what are the future implications and so forth and like uh, prioritizing my marriage and, and prioritizing time with friends as well and those kinds of things because I found myself getting in a spot where I was so busy sometimes with good things and sometimes with bad things without even realizing it or useless things probably um, that I was just so tired and I didn't have, like my disciplines weren't there in the first place. So that's partly what sparked this kind of interest in me is to 
to to do what you're talking about with this scheduling really well and 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 making sure learning who I am in a way and how I actually function in these kind of disciplines. So that's what you're saying is super helpful, which is why I think it's really important to talk about. But um, to turn the table again, um, did you want to get into Lexio Divina? Yeah, sure. Like, can you tell us a little bit about these different disciplines? Like, I feel like we almost need a little bit more like a refresh on foundations, foundational stuff about why these are even important. Because I feel like um, unless, until something is valuable, you're never going to see it as valuable. If it's just something you should do and you're kind of like, that's what Christians do and that's what it is, like you're never going to really, in my mind, and this has been my experience, you're never going to really want to do it. It's kind of a begrudging type thing. So could you build some value into these kinds of things and, and yeah. guide us a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that the first first principle in this, um, as what comes to mind now is um, is when Solomon, when 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 David um, when David passes away, and, uh, uh, Solomon um, becomes king, and uh, in a in a dream, so Solomon's having this um, conversation with with the Lord, mm. and he pretty much God pretty much said you can have whatever you want. And Solomon asked for wisdom, and God gave it to him. Mm. And, and I think, I think that says huge things to us. Like he was the most, uh, like, the wisest, smartest king that ever reigned. Mm. Um, so where did his knowledge come from? Where did his wisdom come from? And it come from God. Mm. It didn't come out of thin air. And I think that's the foundation piece is when, when we're doing spiritual disciplines, we're not going there to get, I don't like, we're not going there to feel good. I, I think that just happens because yeah. we're meeting with the, the, God, the God of all. Yeah. Um, and so that foundation would be, we're going there to know things, to gain wisdom, to gain insight. And the second one would be, how, is questioning, how do I love the Lord with my heart? Mm. Love the Lord you go with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. How, how do you do those things? Mm. So if, if I'm to use my head, Lectio Divina can come into this because for those of us that are more intellectual and, they, and we need to read things and stretch and that sort of thing, mm. we're able to get the head knowledge. But while we're meeting God in that place, we're actually engaging, we can engage him in a loving way rather than I'm going there to learn something and to be better than someone. Sure. I'm actually going there to become more like Christ. Yeah. I'm going there to be um, to have a relationship with an, and a connection with the creator of all things, and I'm about to glean some knowledge that is actually going to stretch me, yeah. encourage me, rebuke me. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. So, so another part of that of that would be knowing that when you go into this space, you're it's about like to posture. meet with God. Yeah. So that it's a posture of going and being at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. Now we see this um, in Luke uh, in Luke ten um, thirty eight. This is one of my favorite stories. And um, Mary and Martha, uh, Jesus and the disciples go to um, Mary and Martha's house. And Martha is running around like a headless chicken, doing everything. And she has she has some words to Jesus. She says, "Come on, Mary has to do something." And Jesus said, "No, Mary chose the good portion." And in our current situation, we are so busy that we think that we're all running around doing all the right things. Mm. But Jesus is just saying to our culture today, "Hey, remember me." Yeah. So it's no. So when we go, when we go to Jesus, we actually get our eyes off the crazy of the mm. week, of the day, mm -hmm. of the month, of the year, and we go. Actually, I'm going to sit and I'm going to have a posture like Mary at the feet of Jesus mm. uh, and That's be good. there. And so knowing, like, when you go to these things how you posture yourself is hugely vital. Yeah. Am I there because Matt told me to do it? Am I there because I feel like I have to do it? If they're the questions, if, if you're asking those questions, you're probably not in the right posture. You're, you're about to meet with God. Mm. You're about to sit with the King. You're about to sit with the Savior of all things, the creator of all things, and the Savior for all who choose Him. Yeah. You're not sitting with any old, any old Joe Blow. You're sitting with the king. It's good. And so that posture is, wow. Mm. This is like there's there's awe in that. Mm. Um, there is there's fear in that. Oh man, I'm in trouble today, sort of thing. Maybe not. Um, Super humbling. Yeah, exactly right. Hundred percent. Yeah. And being in that space. Um, and being prepared. Be prepared to receive. 
Now that mm. might sound a bit weird, um, but this isn't an, another mindfulness thing. You're about to meet with God. You're mm. not there to meet with yourself, to yep. center on yourself. You're about to center on Jesus. Yep. So be prepared to receive. Mm. Sometimes he doesn't say anything really impacting. Like I was reading Acts this week um, and, oh man, I crave the church to be like that. And, and I was looking at, uh, it's up to um, Paul and Barnabas having their little Barney, having their little punch on. But the ESV doesn't read like that. It just sounds like they just had a good old, um, the good old punch on and then they just went the other separate ways. But other people, like the, some scholars just make it to be really intense. Sure. And, and I was reading it and I was like, okay, this is not really speaking to me. Mm. But thank you, Jesus, for your word. Yeah. Thank you for the effort that Luke went to to write um, such um, clear information for me today. This yeah. is great. Um, and that's such a different posture. It's almost like why you're coming, what you're talking about is why you're even coming there in the first place, why you're reading the Bible, why you're doing these different things. Is it because of basically how we consume everything else in our society in a way? Like I think about we, we're so, like we have at our fingertips information and we can get it all the time and information and knowledge is like this most powerful thing and like if you know stuff then you're, you're held in higher esteem or you seem better and there's a real big push for that kind of thing and there's elements of goodness in it but I feel like kind of what you're saying is that sometimes we can actually come to the word of God more from that kind of perspective of what, like, what can I yeah. get out of this or what can I learn what can I, or even sermons I've caught myself out on this and I know I've seen other people in my in my time in the church in general I mean but um, where it's just like what can I learn that's new and there's nothing really really bad about that but it's not as much of a Okay, I'm coming to meet with God here. So I really love that. Um, but yeah, continue on. I thought I'd just add that. Yeah, man. Like, I, I, coming back to what you were talking about, information at the fingertips. Mm. Um, when, I do, when I do my um, Lectio Divina, when I sit with God and, and read scripture over and over and over, I, I don't take my phone because notifications. Is one. Mm. As well as I go, okay, what does that actually mean? So I'll go on Google and I'll start studying a, a specific, hole. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, that's not what I was here. So I always take my, my paper Bible mm. and pick that. And it also triggers, it triggers in me, I'm actually meeting with the king. If I go with my phone, it's like, it's another work thing. Like it's, yeah. it's work yeah. rather than this prompts me, I'm actually going to sit with the king. Mm. Where are we up to now? Um, yeah, so, so my posture is, uh, something that I've had to make sure is locked in in my posture is I don't take my phone. Mm. And when I do, my time with God lasts three minutes because someone's called me. Yeah. Um, but if I don't, my time lasts a heck of a lot longer. Um, and it's like, oh, that was really good. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you for what you've given me today. Um, and like I said, sometimes it's just like, didn't give me anything today but it should be right like yeah. i just met with the king i met with uh, the people that the king has placed in yeah. time and history um to supply me with um good information about his his life and death yeah, yeah. wow that's really good so i wanted to being that we lived in this live in this kind of really distracted really loud type culture um i wondered if you could talk a little bit into silence and solitude because it seems like almost the opposite of what our culture is yep. like we don't even and i i'm convicted of this recently of of how not how hard it is just to be silent and to, to actually and i'm not and part of this mindfulness type thing is actually listen to my body but then not only that but kind of go god what are you saying like where am i at first and and then come before the lord so uh, what's the significance for that? Have you got some tips for us? So, so this one, you can see a lot of overlap with the um, mindfulness movement because when you're alone and you're silent, you're thinking and you're trying to find things happen inside and you're trying <laughs> to center yourself. Um, and this, this is where these sorts of things can creep in. Um, but with, uh, with solitude, sorry, with, with silence, uh, it doesn't mean um, you're not going to be silent to say nothing, you're going to be silent to be with the king again. Mm. You're, you're going to be undistracted. Yeah. Um, I hope that's a word. You're not. You're, you're going to not be distracted. Yeah. Um, and so when you when you do go, take your. I, I'd suggest take a, a Bible and maybe a pen and paper. Um, but what what I do um, when it comes to the silence and solitude, 
silence is really hard uh, sometimes. So if you get me cranky, I won't talk. So that's probably not a good time for me to go be silent and solid with, with Jesus anyway, because I'm angry with the world at that point. Um, but you're but, silent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. But probably not for the right reason. So, so the whole idea of silence is to, to quiet yourself and to listen and focus to God. Listen to God and focus on him. Mm. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, and for some of us, that's like, well, how do I even do that? Well, my mate Dan Geddes from, uh, he was at Good Life and now he's um, at one of the Christian schools up in Nambour. Mm. Um, he, um, he suggested that just try and be silent for seven minutes. And I'm like, that's all? And he's like, yeah, seven minutes. And as, as it gets better, as you get used to this, not speaking to people around you, go for longer. Yeah. And then go longer and then go longer. And then eventually you can do a whole day. You're probably thinking, what? How do you, why would you do a whole day of silence? Well, the whole point of silence is so you can stop listening and stop talking to the people around you so that you can focus your eyes on Jesus. That's yeah. the whole point of it. Yeah. So for seven minutes, you're not talking to anyone. You're not, talk, you're not listening to anyone. You're just simply focusing on Jesus. Mm. You're not, you, you can take your Bible, but uh, it's just you being quiet, being still, mm. right? And it's not, so this is the overlap, so to correct the overlap, this isn't like mindfulness movement because you're not centering yourself on yourself. You're centering yourself at this moment on God. Mm. The solitude piece, um, it's actually makes silence really easy. Yep. Especially if you go to a beach there's no, where, there's, where there's no one or there's no one you know. Or if you go bushwalking mm. where you know where there's no one. So this is my creation piece, the, the, the part of me that wants to get out in nature. Yep. Um, so I go into my garden so that I can be by myself and be silent mm. and just listen to God. And the lessons that he's shown me in the garden, you're probably gonna see, think I'm a wacko now, the lessons that he's showed me in the garden are actually have been super helpful for my leadership and for mm. my discipleship. Yeah. Um, because as I'm getting my hands dirty, I'm going, God, what are you doing? How are you doing this? What are you, what's going on? Yeah. And he showed me something about discipleship in my hedges. This is gonna sound really <laughs> weird, but, uh, coming back to what we're saying about um, investing and, and discipling and being, walking with, I, I think, no, we haven't really talked about walking with, but the whole, the whole concept, discipleship is investing in, is in influencing and, and helping. Mm. And just seeing seedlings um, that were pro probably three inches um, high turn into bushes that are now three meters yeah. over a time of three years, I can look at that and go, I nurtured those plants. Mm. I made sure that they had the fertilizer they required. And while doing this, God was showing me and telling me that these are the, these are the things that you need to do to grow others. Yeah. They're not just going to grow naturally and look good overnight. Yeah. Like it takes time. Yeah. So these are the things that you can expect. You wouldn't expect it. You're just going into like a garden. You're like, why, why God talking through this? Yeah. Uh, you're going, so, so if you're going to be by yourself at the beach, uh, another instance, I was by uh, Fraser Island. This was 2010. So when I first started Bible college, I was going, God, do is, am I in the right place? And, and um, I think he said yes. Not that I was on Fraser, but I think he said <laughs> yes um, because a dart jumped out of the water. Now you could say there could have been a shark in there, but as I asked that question, <laughs> a dart came out. I was like, okay, cool. Pastoral ministry is where I'm supposed to be. Uh, at a pivotal moment in my life going, okay, I could choose any occupation. Am I hearing you right, God? So that's what Science and Solitude does is it yeah. focuses you on him yeah. by yourself so you're receptive for what he wants to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so be prepared. If you go and spend time with Jesus quietly, silently, he will speak to you. He'll speak to you through his word and through his creation. Why? Because you are his creation and he cares for you and he wants the best for you. Yeah. Yeah, he'll tell you off. Yeah, he'll tell you you're wrong. He'll rebuke you. Mm because that's the right thing for him to do. Yeah. He's a just and merciful God. As a, as a just God, he requires to rebuke. He requires to correct us. He requires to make us more like Jesus. Mm. Well, he doesn't require to do that, but you kind of get where I'm going yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he knows the best for us, so he'll correct us. Yeah. So be ready if you go and do seven minutes alone, silently, God will speak. Mm. And as you get used to it, you'll spend more time. So if you're a camper here, or if you're someone that likes to go fishing, you're someone that, that, that already kind of likes this. You might be an introvert. Um, you might be leaning towards this. 
So for the introverts, this is a big one for you because you can, it's okay for you not to speak to anyone and it's okay for no one to speak to you and it's okay for you to go and be by yourself with Jesus. It's okay. Yeah. And so all the extroverts in the room are like, nah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> so, so I'm like, so, hallelujah, yeah. man. <laughs> I'm an introvert. So, so the extroverts in the room, the extroverts in the room, the challenge for you is that seven minutes is going to be painful, but it's going to be helpful mm. if you stick at it. Really quick, hopefully, I don't know if you have a quick answer to this question. I'll try. Um, what I've kind of noticed it even in my own silence, particularly when you just start to get into it, is that you, you notice a bunch of different thoughts that you didn't know you were having. Um, and different kinds of like stress comes up to comes up to the surface in a way and you kind of there's little anxieties or worries and different things like that so um i think there's a guy john mark comer i've been listening to which you you we've talked about a little bit but he talks about this kind of you can go to a silent place but how do you how do you silence in there yeah man that's my question that, that was the question i asked you to ask him <laughs> but I want to hear what you have. Yeah, look, so what, what I do, what, what I make sure I do, this is why I said, you know, take your Bible and maybe some pen and paper. With your pen and paper, as those things arise, to actually write them down. Mm. To write them down. And this comes back to the self-management stuff. Yeah. Um, as, as you're in that space, writing down what's making you anxious, what's making you stressed, what, what's really going on. And as you dig into that stuff, uh, you'll start to you'll start to go. Okay, it's not as big as it was. Yeah, it's on paper, mm-hmm. and at that moment, in in those moments, you really do feel the yoke of the Lord being light mm. because you've written it down, and it's not as it's not as stressful as you're making it up in your head. Definitely. Like I'm, I'm like everyone's different in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like looking specifically at stress, getting those things off yeah, and onto yeah. paper and coming back I to find them. That- Super helpful. Yeah, you're you're completely right. Yeah, that's really good. Um, before we have a little break before Q and A, I wondered if you could touch on rest, like Sabbath rest. Yeah, come um, on. I know that's a it's a big topic, but yeah. I think it's a really important one because again, I don't mean to dog on like Netflix and things like that, but where we always fall into this trap of like, okay, I've got a day off, I've got time off, I'm going to do these things that the world, in a way, has told me that's going to make me feel rested. Yeah. And the amount of times like in, in my journey, I've done that kind of thing where I've been busy on my day off doing those things that make supposedly make you feel more rested. And then I feel almost just as tired by the end of it. So can you speak a bit into Sabbath rest? I know it's, it's kind of hasn't been a big thing. Uh, it's kind of lost a lot of momentum, really this idea of resting and, and Sabbath in our culture, I feel at least. So could you speak a little bit into that? Yeah, man. So this is something that I've tried to practice. Um, so, so COVID, um, so COVID-19 really, really enforced this, um, because everything slowed down so much. Um, it started it, for, for us, so for our family, it really started to get us into a rhythm. And we tried to keep it. As soon, when things went back to normal, we tried to keep it and it just went up the creek. Mm. And um, we, um, we've been working at it and working at it. But the whole point of Sabbath is to stop work. It doesn't mean, uh, it, it doesn't mean, um, do other things. It doesn't mean, oh, cool, I've got a day off. It actually is really cool because you have to stop. So the assumption here is, though, that you have a day off. Yeah, actually yeah. stop, tools yeah. down. Yeah. And that's really hard. Yeah. Um, so so for, for everyone's different, in, in this one, everyone's different. So if you're a chippy, put your tools down and there might be something else that will make you rested. Yeah. Um, uh, for, the, for, for, for preachers, for pastors, uh, it's really hard because it's, you're thinking of the people, yeah. you're thinking of the next day, yeah. you're thinking of who, who needs to be cared. So it's really difficult. Yeah. So Sabbath rest is to be able to put your tools down and do nothing. Mm. Now, what Nikki, Ezra and I do now um, is Friday uh, between 12, for me, this, this is my schedule, um, Friday between 11.30, 12, so just finished lunch, 12 to 3 is the busiest time of the week for me because I try and get all of the things done that I wasn't able to do during the week so that when I pick up Ezra, 
when I pick up Nikki, mm. tools are down and we stop. Nikki doesn't do work. I don't do work. We don't talk about work and we just are, we just be. So tools you down. You almost prepare yourself exactly for right. it in a way. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so for um, some, some faith communities um, that, that celebrate the Sabbath, um, they will do all of the work that needs to be done so that Sabbath is kept and they just party, mm. have a great time as a family mm. together. That's good. Yeah. And so, so that resting from, you, you talked about Netflix and all these things that will make us, <sighs> I know I'm rested when I haven't looked at a screen for six hours. Mm. Cause I'm, I'm finally, oh, I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not constantly distracted. Yeah. yeah. Putting down the phone, putting yeah. down the laptop. Yeah. Yeah. I find it difficult to put down the switch, but that's kind of a thing with Ezra and I, Oops. but. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a question for later. Yeah. yeah good. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, is it kind of fairly contextual do you reckon with rest? Yeah. What makes you actually feel rested? Um, but I, I feel like the central part of it is that you're, at least spending time with God at some point at, yeah. at part of it and kind of noticing him at, throughout the day as you go. Yeah, Because exactly. it doesn't mean that it's like, I think when I grew up in church, when people are like, you got to have your Sabbath, you got to have your rest or something like that, you think of this idea where you're just in this intense state of 24 hours of like praying and, and meditating <laughs> and so forth. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it doesn't have to be like that, but I wondered if just for the people that might think toward that end or don't even know what it looks like, could you speak into that before we get into Yeah, man. So, so one of the things that we do, um, is so I've, I've said creation a bunch. We go to Tambourine Mountain. So we've done all, pretty much all the bushwalks on Tambourine Mountain a couple of times over. And we've been to the botanical gardens there um, countless times over. Mm. We go to a place called the Polish Place um, yeah, countless buddy. times. Um, and the reason we go to these places is because we get to see another piece of art that God's put in mm. front of us. Yeah. And so when we look at that. It's not the same every day. Yeah. It's never the same. Um, and we're able to go, God made this. God created this. Mm. Yeah. And so at, at the moment we're, um, because we've, we've got um, my niece now on a Friday, uh, we're trying to work out how to, how to do that and read scripture together mm. at the Polish place yep. every Friday um, afternoon. That's so, uh, cool. so we can, we can make sure that we start right. Yep. And, and as so, so we didn't go, okay, we're going to, when we do Sabbath, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. So the way that I work is we're going to get set rhythms in place mm. and we're going to develop those rhythms and get those rhythms better. Yep. So as we Sabbath together at home, what does it look like to get our eyes on Jesus mm. off all the stuff that we have to do yep. and be a family together? Mm. So they're the sorts of questions. And then from that, just building what it yeah. looks like. Yeah, for sure. I feel like all the other practices that you do would help you to work out what actually makes you feel rested in the first place because exactly. you kind of get to know yourself. Well, Aaron, thank you so much. We're going to we're gonna have a, like a five-minute break um, before we get into some Q&A. 